Welcome to this episode of the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. I feature Olympians, CEOs, disruptors, authors, professional athletes, and the best of the best, where they share their stories of resilience with my lens on leadership and culture. Let's get started. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heartbeat for Hire. I'm thrilled to bring you one of my favorite culture crusaders today, Tony Martinetti. He is a trusted advisor, leadership coach, and facilitator, a best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker. He brings together over 25 years of business and leadership experience with an extreme curiosity to elevate leaders and equip them with the tools to navigate through change and unlock their true potential. He has been recognized by Thinkers360 as one of the top voices in leadership and by Leaders Hum as one of the biggest voices in leadership. Before becoming founder and chief inspiration officer of Inspire. Inspired Purpose Partners. Tony was a finance and strategy executive with experience working with some of the world's leading life sciences companies. Along his journey, he also managed small businesses and ran financial consulting companies. Tony hosts the Virtual Campfire podcast and is the author of Climbing the Right Mountain, Navigating the Journey to an Inspired Life and Campfire Lessons for Leaders, How Uncovering Our Past Can Propel Us Forward. He's been featured in many publications, including Fast Company, Forbes, Life Sciences Leader, and CEO Today. Tony, that was a mouthful. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think I have to have shorter uh, titles for my book. Yeah, I just kind of like. <laughs> I really toyed with shortening it, but I didn't want to lose any of it. It was so much good stuff. So, welcome. Um, the first thing I always do with my guests is I ask if you would please share your story. Because for those that don't know you, uh, they want to know who they're listening to. So, would you please? Of course, I'm more than happy to, to share. And I have to first start by thanking you for bringing me on the show. I've loved everything you're sharing out in the world, and I'm so thrilled to to be here. Good. Um, well, you're in some pretty spectacular companies. So let's hear your story because I want awesome. folks to learn from you. So I, I like to start my story with um, very early in my career, very early in my life. And I, I'll fast forward um, as we move along. So when I was a child, I was an artist. I was known for painting and drawing and doing all these really creative things. And um, I wasn't typically, you know, known for stick figures and doing like people. I was more about creating environments and rooms, worlds that had an emotional sense to them, um, uh, ways that people would feel when they stepped into these environments. So really weird, but at the same time, a lot of the um, the art, the teachers and the adults in my life would say, well, that's really neat. Like you're going places with this. I'm like, cool. So, uh, you know, the thought was that eventually I'd become an architect or something to that effect. But as things progressed, um, I got into the stage where it was time to make decisions about, okay, we're, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah. How <laughs> and, money. Yeah. You, you got to make money. And so I quickly switched into pre-med, which made a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> um, and so I had this idea that I'd be a radiologist. Um, and I, I went to take all the classes and I realized very quickly that this is not the path. Uh, this is not for me. Although I do like science and I, you know, had a passion for science in general, um, switch into business, which was good. It felt like it was a, a place to be. It was obviously the language of how a lot of things get done. Um, but then that had me on this trajectory of like, okay, who am I going to be when I grow up? You know, what is this, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Um, but I think it's interesting because a lot of us feel a little bit listless in the college years of like, all right, like this is good, but what, what now, what do I do with this? Um, 
I ended up landing in a couple different industries, but mostly working in finance and ended up working in biotech for um, a, a many years. Um, so I had the chance to really bring two worlds together, working in the science field, working in biotech was fantastic because I get to speak to a lot of scientists and leaders who are in that space, but also, um, you know, speaking the language of business. Yeah. So it was fantastic. Uh, spent about 25 years in industry working in, you know, a lot of different capacities and um, also got a chance to be impacted by the patients who, you know, would come to me and say like, wow, like, you know, I go to a conference and someone would say, Hey, you know, thank you for what you do. And I'm like, well, I work in finance. Um, I'm not sure what you mean, but I started to feel like this connection to, well, I do make an impact. Everything we do makes an impact. Yeah. Um, Keep going. Keep going. I don't, I want to come back. Keep going. It's all good. Yeah. and And I'll try to go, you know, I don't want to give you all the you know, the long version, but I start to go in the long version. Um, It was a great journey. A lot of great things that have happened along the way, but eventually I found this, um, this point where I was burning myself out to, to be this person who was all on top of the numbers, who is a numbers person. And people used to say to me like, Oh, you know, there's something about you. That's not typical. You're not the numbers person. You're, you're a people's person, you know, people, you understand their journeys and you, you have a lot of empathy for, you know, for people and you connect well with people. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's great. But this is what I do. And this is what I get paid for. And I'm moving a million miles an hour up my mountain, uh, as I call it to get to where I want to go. Um, but eventually that burned me out. And I found myself, um, in a boardroom of a biotech company, realizing that I didn't like who I was. Um, I didn't like what I was doing and I was earning a great paycheck, but I wasn't satisfied. Uh, I wasn't fulfilled is the, you know, the word I really use. So I decided um, as I was sitting in there, like listening to some of the other executives in the room drone on about like who's right and who's wrong. It was more of self-preservation than anything else. I said, this is not it. This is not what I'm meant for. So I decided to get up and walk out. And I said to myself that I am going to leave this room and I'm going to change this room in some way. I don't know how but I'm going to figure out a way to make this room more inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to change the emotional tone of this room, kind of hearkening back to my childhood of being the artist who creates and paints the room yeah. in a different way, creates an environment that shapes the way we connect. Yeah. So I left and that began the journey of, you know, figuring out what the heck am I going to do now? <laughs> so so yeah, well, I'll I pause there. Totally relate to leaving the corporate life, leaving the party paycheck, and having mm. that oh crap moment of like, how am I going to make this work, and what am I going to do with my life? So I I can relate to that. But the one thread that I heard through everything you said was, you're a person that is defined by purpose, and that is something I know we both talk a lot about. And when you when you have purpose, your work is so much more fulfilling. And as leaders, that's something that we always have to provide. So Mm. take us along the journey. So you left corporate, you had your oh shit moment and you did what? 
Yeah. Uh, the first thing I did is I panicked. Um, and you know, after the oh shit moment, I actually went into panic mode of, okay, yeah. so now what, um, I, I started to think, well, what can I, how can I pivot? How can I create something out of this that is more aligned with who I am? And you, you talk about purpose, but I think there's something even behind purpose, which is what inspires me, what lights me up, what yeah. gets me, makes me come alive. Yeah. And I think that's where, when people think purpose, it's, it's really big, but I think we have to think about what are the clues that are behind purpose that are leading me in that direction. And so I started to look at, well, I've always been inclined to think, okay, I love um, leadership theory. I love the way, um, I love deep conversations mm -hmm. and I love exploring what's real for people. And so coaching became a vehicle for me to do that. At first it was business coaching. And then I realized it's not business coaching for me. It, it was really about the individual and, yeah. and creating that leadership journey of seeing them holistically. And so, um, you know, there were a lot of fits and starts and getting to know myself better. And as I often say in my, um, it's my tagline of sorts is that inspiration through honest conversations, I had to get to an honest conversation with myself of who am I? Yeah. What do I want to experience in life and how do I want others to experience life? Yeah. And that's what really got me to reveal more of, of what it is that I do for others. Um, and really that was the start of my journey into becoming a coach, a leadership development um, professional and so on and so forth, including writing books, which I think are a great way for people to experience deeply your thought process and thinking about what's important to you. Well, and I think the book gives you an added um, not just credibility, but an added extension of when you do speaking engagements, that is mm -hmm. a way for people to develop some permanence with the thoughts that you shared. And mm -hmm. the the only regret that I have, I love speaking. That's my favorite, favorite thing mm -hmm. to do. But when you leave the room, things stay for a few minutes, maybe a few hours, and then it kind of poof into the ether. And then it's like, oh yeah, I remember that was such a fun thing. They might not remember the content, but they remember how they felt in that mm -hmm. moment. And I think the books are a really great way to preserve some of those um, those words and, and the intent of what you were trying to do. Um, mm -hmm. But I really do, I, I, I love that you're being so vulnerable and that you're sharing your journey because I think a lot of people don't, feel like they have the luxury of discovering, you know, what makes my heart flutter, what makes me get out of bed in the morning. I mean, they're like content with, I'm getting, I'm making a good living. I like what I'm doing. I don't love it, but I like it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there are people that are driven to a higher purpose and you just shared so many journeys down different paths to try on different shoes to see is this where I belong and um you found your space obviously because you're doing incredible things now you. so you've done how many TED talks now um done one TED talk but my second talk is coming out next year so oh it's coming together next year congratulations um, thank you and um tell us about the climb your mountain book what is it about yes. what do you cover in it why is it called that yeah. So Climbing the Right Mountain uh, was a, a book that really, for me, um, was about my journey, but also about the people who I was talking to um, often. They often would say, you know, like, there's something missing in my life. I, I spent all this time, you know, doing all the things that everyone said I should want, getting to be the CEO or being the CFO or the C-suite. 
I feel so burnt out. And I also, I look around and I'm like, I'm not satisfied. Yeah. Um, where's the sense of fulfillment that I thought I wanted? Um, and at the core of it all, there's two things. Number one is that we hold off this sense of fulfillment to this end of the road thing where we, we wait to be feeling satisfied. Well, we will be happy when yeah. we get to that place. <laughs> the reality is we have, we have to change that mindset. Fulfillment is a mindset you come from, not a place to go to. Yeah. And therefore, um, we have to change that mindset. And number two, yeah. And number two is this idea that we have to define success on our own terms, which I know a lot of people say that, but it's um, really getting clear about what do I want to experience? Not what society says, not what well-meaning adults say, but like, what do I truly want? Well, and if that means- yeah, yeah, everybody's yardsticks are different. And right. I could look at what you've accomplished and feel real small because you've done a TED talk and I haven't done a TED talk yet, but- I've done other things that you haven't done. And, and it's, this is the, the danger that we all run into. And especially for entrepreneurs where you're defining your own success. I think very often our success is determined by our financial wins and it's less about our accomplishments or how you feel doing the work that you're doing. And um, I, I think it's a much broader view of what is success. And I love that you're sharing that. I think that's, that's so cool. Well, there's two things that come to mind around that. And number one is like, what are the metrics you're using? So maybe I'll tap into my finance, my finance yeah, right. a little bit here and say like, we have to think about what are the metrics of success that we're using to measure ourselves? You know, that might mean it's, you know, maybe you're, it's a return on inspiration as opposed to return on investment. Yeah. You know, how much am I getting back from all the things that I'm putting in? Maybe it's, it's how good am I making other people feel through the things that I'm doing and not about how much money am I making? Um, and I think that's, those are the things that help us feel good in the moment. And I also love the, the idea, and I tap, tap into this in the book, is this gap versus gain thinking, which comes from Dan Sullivan. Um, you know, if we're always thinking about where we have to get to, then we're always going to feel like we're missing something. Sure. Attention, visionary leaders. Are you ready to elevate your leadership style and create an exceptional workplace that stands out from the crowd? I'm here to introduce you to a game-changing resource that will transform the way you lead and shape your company culture. It's time to embrace the power of top-down culture. This practical guide empowers your leadership for lasting success, helping you create a workplace where everyone thrives. Get top-down culture today, and let's reshape the future of leadership together. But if we think of where, how far we've come, my gosh, like we have so many great wins. We can use that success as a way to get momentum. Yeah, I love uh, that. That's such a great way of looking at it, and I think... People sell themselves short all the time. And not only do they misinterpret that when they're so busy thinking about the gap, they forget all the things that they've done. And so often I'll be with clients and I'll be like, okay, I want you to list out all the things you've done. They're like, I don't know if I've done anything. And I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. you were published. All right. You were on a podcast. Yeah, I was. And you were, and, and you keep going and you keep going. And they're like, oh, I actually did do a lot. And it's so funny when they have that epiphany and they're like, you yeah, know, I, I actually 
I'm not bad at this. I'm pretty cool. I, I got some good stuff yeah. under my belt. I, I love when people can see that in themselves and recognize that their success isn't defined by somebody else. So, 100%. I couldn't agree more. So I could not have you on the show if we didn't talk about leadership. So let's talk about some of the best things you see in leadership today in modern leadership and some of the worst. Yeah. Well, I, I see a lot more that people are tapping into this connection of like being more vulnerable in the workplace. And I think it's not um, the the thing where, you know, people before you would say, okay, well, I got to put on this, the suit of armor and walk around like this infallible being. People are starting to embrace the idea that they're humans. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. my mic here. Um, that they're humans and that they can show um, that they've got other parts of themselves besides being the, the strong leader. And I think that is something I've seen a lot. Yeah. Um, and not every industry is embracing that, but I think there's a lot of industries that have, and we still have a lot of work to do, but that's a great start. I agree. I think However, the, the yeah. vulnerability piece, it's um, the, uh, you know, coming from sales, that is not a comfortable thing for leaders, especially men. Um, and, you know, in tech where I came from, it's highly male dominated, it's changing, but I grew up being the only woman on many, many teams. And it would be very unusual to find a man say, you know, I was sucked at this, or I was really uncomfortable in this situation, or I made the biggest mistake. And, mm -hmm. you know, I always love to help leaders make that first leap of this doesn't mean your credibility drops. It means that you've demonstrated growth. That means you came out of something hard and that reframe helps people understand how vulnerability can be an asset instead mm. of like, yeah, you're showing your warts because that's not really what it is. But mm. what's the worst thing you're seeing that leaders are doing right now? Well, before I answer that, I just want to yeah. add one other point yeah. to the last thing, which is to say, I look at it as called like, I call it the humility advantage, where you take this sense of like, if, because vulnerability can feel so vulnerable. Naked. Yeah. Uh, naked. Yeah. And so I think it's key to like, think of it as the advantage of being, having humility is that it's, it's, it's seeing that I don't have all the answers, seeing yeah. that I have, you know, I don't have always the clear path forward and I'm going to make mistakes, but I have the courage to step forward. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. so back to the biggest mistakes, Yeah. um, is not communicating enough is yeah. feeling like you've done the communication or you've said the things that you think need to be said, but then not checking in for understanding. I know this is like, this was in Stephen Covey's like, yeah, you know, the five habits of yeah. highly, highly effective leaders, but yet we still make this mistake. Yeah communication is is something we have to do over and over and over again and we have to continue to refine that craft yeah um in fact i just had this conversation the other day with uh with someone i was talking to is talking about how influence influence comes from connection and evolution you know we we have to connect deeply with people as leaders and we also have to know that we're always evolving and they're evolving so this evolution of where we're at and where they're at is always happening. So we have to make sure that we're checking in and saying, okay, um, how are we, you know, where are we now? Where are we together now? Um, mm -hmm. It's not the same thing we were 
a year ago or even maybe two weeks ago. So making sure that you're being real and authentic and, and connecting in the moment, not based on the knowledge and the information you had two weeks ago. Well, you you hit on something and that connecting thing is also building trust. And um, when you build that trust and that psychological safety, I find that you'll understand if your message is being well received. And Mm. if there is no trust, and I've seen this a thousand times, a leader will give a directive, give a message, give some kind of intel, information, whatever, and it's silence. And it doesn't mean that they heard you. It means that they're listening, they might not agree, and they might not proceed with anything they want to do that's going to support what you need them to do. So yeah, you if you're met with silence, you got a problem. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me back to the room I was in and the boardroom where everyone, you know, where I walked out, I think about the people who were in that room. They were all on their cell phones, checked out, kind of not paying attention. And this is a boardroom that, you know, yeah, with senior executives yeah. and, Terrible. you know, this is not what we need. We need people who are like engaged and we're, this was a biotech company where we're supposed to be saving lives and we're wasting our time. Right. Yeah. So what's next for Tony? Ah, good question. Um, so as I look into 2024, first of all, I, I need, I need to find some time for a good rest. I'm looking for a nice vacation. So that'll be on the agenda, <laughs> but hopefully also... when this airs, you will, you will be well-rested. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But I, I would say the biggest thing for me is as my next book, well, my book that I just launched, um, Campfire Lessons for Leaders, um, I'm actually putting some workshops in place that really connect with this message of, I call them campfires of connection mm-hmm. and how it's not just about connecting with yourself and your narrative, it's about connecting with others. And so I'm really making sure that people see that it's not, when I know myself, I can get to know others. Mm. And so I'm rolling out a lot of these interesting workshops inside of organizations and inside of um, different you know, alliance partners and such that will be powerful to get people together more and talking more about who they are and why they do what they do. I love it, that's great. Mm. And what inspires you? Well, I would say that it's people who are doing big things in the world. Um, and you know, when people share real stories about what's going on with them, then I'm inspired because it, it gets me a sense of like, I'm talking to somebody who's willing to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to be real with me. Um, and that gets me energized. So when I'm energized, that's inspiration. Yeah, I agree. And what would you like your legacy to be? Um, it's a great question. And it's one I've been really revisiting lately um, because I've been thinking about what what is it that I do for people? I want people who I've been in touch with to feel as though um, their world has been expand, expanded, that they've had a, an expansion of how they look at themselves and that has created an impact in their world based on our conversations. Love it. I love it. Tony, you have been a total joy. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing all of your heart and your wisdom with all of us. Everyone, if you like this episode and you think Tony's pretty great like I do, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Feel free to leave a five-star review or rating on Spotify or Apple or any of the audio platforms. Thank you for listening. 
Thanks for watching Heartbeat for Hire. Tony, thank you so much and take thank care. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heartbeat for Hire podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review on Spotify or Apple and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I would be ever so grateful. I hope you found it useful. Have a wonderful day.